in Lubbock. Wow. Because Texas Tech Monday night will be playing for the national championship. This is the Tortillas and Takes podcast presented by Guns Up Nation. You're listening to the voice of Jeremy Gillen, and it is time to talk about Kansas Jayhawk football. It's that time of year. It's my favorite time of year. So, of course, I made Albie go away, and it's just Dylan and I once again on the podcast alone. Dylan, chime in. It's nice to have a a week of football where you feel relatively good going into it. I feel like we haven't been able to say that about Matt Wells' tenure, a game in Matt Wells' tenure for a while. You know, it's always like a 50-50 game when we're in conference play, but it's Kansas week. You are spot on, uh, Dylan. It is great to have a week without Albie. I mean, without Kansas. Um, And also without Albie. And also without Albie. Uh, Yeah, so after a reeling loss last week um, for a number of reasons, getting a the bye week with uh, the bye week outside of the bye week here in the Big 12, uh, and that is Kansas football, a team that hasn't sniffed uh, a win since South Dakota in the first week. Um, where they, you know, followed it up with a demoralizing loss against Coastal Carolina, a demoralizing loss against Baylor, a demoralizing loss against Duke, an even more demoralizing loss against Iowa State. And now they have the Texas Tech Red Raiders who, against TCU, seeming like they didn't have uh, a leg to stand on for defense and hard enough time getting to go on offense. But whether or not you have Texas Tech as the as that team right above Kansas or two teams above Kansas in your power rankings, the gap is still massive. So this week for Matt Wells and company is a really good opportunity to bounce back from what was <laughs> only can be described as absolute pandemonium last week at home. You're going on the road to David Booth, uh, Kansas Memorial there in uh, Lawrence, and you get an opportunity to get a win. Uh, Dylan, talk a little bit about what this means i mean we've got kind of the hot seat continues to dial up dial down dial way back up and now we're at like okay if we win against there's people that if we win against kansas it's gonna dial down tell me about where you're at with matt wells in regards to this weekend well you mentioned that this is a good opportunity for matt wells to get on track but at the same time if matt wells loses this football game he loses this fan base Let's just let's just say it how it is. And something that gives me a little bit of pause is it's probably the best quarterback Kansas has had in a long time in Jason Bean. And they're coming off a bye week. So extra week of preparation for Matt Wells' Red Raiders. Damn it, work computer, will you please shut up? I figured out what it is. It's my work computer. Yeah, I mean, you bring up Jason Bean, who was kind of this uh, this anomaly for Kansas football in the past decade. You know, junior out of Mansfield, Texas, has been playing for Kansas. I've been playing out of his mind. Um, You know, he's got a really low QBR, TD, uh, yards on the season. But for Kansas, I mean, this has been the most productive quarterback they've had in in a while and he can be dangerous we've seen him have a lot of flash in this in this season and again take all this with a grain of salt it's kansas but for kansas he's made jayhawk fans excited and that is something to say for a football program that has been living in a coffin for quite a while um and so you bring up a point um dylan about matt wells losing the fan base and for me it's an interesting it's an interesting dynamic where and I talked about it on the last podcast that Matt Wells has been able to rile up uh, alongside with people like Coach Jones, Mark Adams has been calling for it, you know, you got uh, Coach Gerlich uh, calling for people to pack out the Jones, give Texas Tech that home field advantage. Um, and we have done so. And I, I'm, I'm voiced my opinion uh, loud and clear 
that it has been a disappointing result uh, each time, even with the win against SFA uh, and against um, the team we played before that, where we got the Jones full, just a, a sad a sad win, more or less. And then against TCU, having the loss that you have in that way. Matt Wells, I mean, you're sitting at 4-2 and two on the season. You're going to the Kansas Jayhawk week, and it's you can end up 5-2. and two, And for us here on, the, on Tortillas and Takes, we win a bet, and so that's good. But the two losses still weigh heavily. And the two losses give me pause when it comes to playing a team like Kansas because we've lost against a team like Kansas. And even though we have the skill and talent and abilities to go out and beat, and the spread is something like, I don't know, 30-something right now, um, Texas Texas Tech has the ability to go out and lose this game. Like, that's the kind of season that we're having. It's not a 4-2, and two, we are a strong team, we just kind of had a couple mishaps there. It's like, no, we're 4-2, and two, and it feels like we're 2-4, and four, if we're being honest. The spread and is so this- 17 and a half according to ESPN. Uh- but still. Oh, okay. It's it's moved down. Um, and I think still, that's more appropriate, to be honest. That's certainly more appropriate. <laughs> because if we know anything about this Texas Tech football team, it's going to take a little bit to get going. Uh, but to get it going, um, what are we expecting to see? What are we hoping? Not expect, I can't say expecting anymore this season. What are we hoping to see, Dylan, uh, from Texas Tech's offense this week against the Kansas Jayhawk team that's given up? an ungodly amount of yards this season well we're hoping to see and this i guess this is more defensively but we're hoping to see the red raiders that didn't show up like the red the red raiders that showed up against texas the red raiders that showed up last week we don't want those red raiders um it's a very you know heckle it jekyll and heckle and jide heckle and jide yeah heckle and jide uh, on the hot cast here (laughs) it's november it's oh my goodness it's, it's October, October 14th, everyone. And that's why I'm and... trying to get spooky with Jekyll and Hyde. Okay, we're back on track. Um, yeah, with Texas Tech, you, you don't know what you're going to get every week. Offensively, you would think we would be fine. I still have plenty of faith in Henry Columbia. Um, I, I think it would be really nice to maybe get Taj Brooks back. I think uh, another week with Eric Izukanma maybe getting a little bit more healthy. I think offensively, I, I don't have much pause. This Kansas defense doesn't scare me very much. But uh, I've said that before and been very wrong. So that's true. I mean, Texas Tech is continuing to score outside of, you know, SFA and West Virginia, which I will maintain that West Virginia has a really good defense. Um, Texas Tech is continuing to score quite a few points, at least over 30 points a game. Um, That's enough to win football games if you're playing good defense. So like you said, (laughs) uh, we have we have all of the offensive weapons there and there is a big question mark and we can talk about injuries as we transition here. Um, There's a question mark still with Taj Brooks. That's certainly a big that's kind of like the biggest question mark on the offensive side of the ball because Taj Brooks adds a massive dynamic to our run game. And we're, I'm super proud of like how Xavier White has been playing lately. Certainly excited, like most Red Raiders, about how Sir Roger Thompson came out against TCU. But Taj Brooks adds that bowling ball uh, dynamic to our run game. It's not so much, you know, Sir Roderick has the get around and get up, get out ability. Taj Brooks has that like up and down. He's got the north to south right through you, uh, which is exciting and dynamic football that challenges defenses to adjust. Um, so offensively, and I, I mean, we could sit and talk about Kansas, but they don't have a lot of people that they're working with. Like it's Jason Bean 
and it's it's Jason Bean. Like Jason Bean is also is leader pass, lead passing. He's lead rushing. He can't be lead receiving because that would be you know a, that would be an illegal act passing to himself in that way. So they got Trevor Wilson, but Trevor Wilson's only had something like 270 yards on the season. So I want to focus more on how this for me, if that's okay, is like this is a week for Texas Tech to make the adjustments to make the adjustments for the games ahead because we got a lot of big games ahead. And Albie was telling us uh, earlier today that he noticed that Matt Wells is a very historical coach. Like he loves to repeat history in his own, like in his own narrative. Teams, uh, teams that he loses to, he continues to lose to. Teams that he beats, he continues to beat. Like we had no business. We talked about it. We have no business beating West Virginia. We beat West Virginia um, twice. Yeah. Two, twice. Uh, and so if that pans out, Red Raider fans, I hope that you'll be upset because what that means is like a continued, a continued level of a lot of people will say it is mediocrity. A lot of people will say it's like not being elite. All these things that we have been branded, we are trying to brand ourselves as from the athletic department. And you don't want that historical, keep losing to your rivals, keep beating, like winning games. You obviously should win. And then some random games. And then you end up still maybe five, six wins on the season. Like, like if that's your cap, you need you need to there needs to be an adjustment there. But to get Texas Tech over that hump, let me transition here. It is about the defense. We were exposed against TCU because they had a very good run game and they stuck to it. Jason Bean is a good runner, and we have a problem with mobile quarterbacks. So let's talk about injuries first. Dylan, what is what is what is wrong? Do we have anybody left on the, on the defense? Well, the front seven is relatively healthy. That's the good news. The secondary seems to be a different story. Um, I don't know about Demarcus Fields. Um, I think, well, I know Muddy Waters obviously out for the season. Reggie Pearson got hurt. Um, so Matt Wells mentioned in his pre- press conference that Adrian Fry might have to play safety this week. And we mentioned it pre-pod. Historically, Adrian Fry playing safety is a spooky sight. Um, yeah, I, I, I would rather not, but it leaves you with what, like Cam White at safety, someone who we haven't really seen play much. So if we do move Fry to safety, then we're all of a sudden pretty thin at corner. Um, so yeah, not an ideal situation back there, but thank God we're playing a running quarterback, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, in a sense, in a sense, yes, because and like you mentioned, man, a lot of people remember when Adrian Fry stepped on the scene in his freshman year and just was blowing, like blowing it out of the water. Like the nation was taking notice of Adrian Fry, ends up on a lot of lists, gets a lot of awards. Like he, it was, we were all thinking, oh my God, like Adrian Fry is going to be a premier cornerback, uh, a defensive back for Texas Tech that's going to keep us relevant in the defensive discussion. But then, he moves to safety. And what happens? He disappears. We totally forget that Adrian Fry is even playing football anymore. Uh, he's playing terribly. He keeps getting pushed down the, the the depth chart. You know, not his ideal position. And so you have him in a moment of like getting back to his defensive back, getting back to the position that he's comfortable and feels natural. And he's starting to play a little, you know, he's playing a little better, um, getting back into the groove. Switching him to safety, uh, you know, it's not a permanent thing, but it's a thing that I feel like I would rather have somebody way further down the depth chart at safety and him at cornerback so that he would feel in a natural position and be, be effective in that way. You know, well, I think the way Matt Wells is probably looking at it is that Adrian Fry is our most experienced safety left. 
he has most the most experience of anybody playing safety for Texas Tech. And I think, I guess he, he's willing to make that trade-off, uh, corner depth for what he feels is the best option at safety. It's reasonable. It's reasonable. And if you're going to do it, like you said, th- this is the game to do it. Kansas has not been passing down the field at all well um, this season. I doubt that there's going to be, well, <laughs> let me say it now so it happens on Saturday. I doubt that Kansas is going to go for a deep ball and get like get a big one over us. Um We'll see. Let me come back to that later. Uh, and so this is a really good opportunity for you to kind of crush. You know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, Dylan. This is an excellent opportunity to do what you should have done last weekend against TCU. And that's fill the box. That's fill the box. And it's rushed more than three people. I think this is, wow. Wow. I think, <clears throat> listen here. Uh, Keith Patterson obviously listens to the pod, friend of the pod. Uh, doesn't take our advice sometimes. Very frustrating. But you know what? We're friends. We're all friends, so we'll get over it. Listen to me right now. Kansas Jayhawks are a premier opportunity for you to face the archetype that you have been struggling against in a very low-risk, manageable like time. Change up your defensive scheme. Make sure Jason Bean gets like zero yards on the ground and that their running game never is prevalent. Make him throw, which he's been not that great at, um, and build a new scheme right now. Starting right now, change the narrative. Is that too much to ask? Let me ask you something, because I found this very interesting. Matt Wells was asked why he doesn't switch to a four-man front. And he said, well, if you watch the tape, we often bring a backer down and rush him as the fourth man. So in a sense, we're, we have a four-man front. And to me, it's like, no, it's not the same, okay? Adding a linebacker to rush, yes, you're bringing four, but you are, it's not a four-man front because the size, the size, of the, the size difference between a fourth down lineman and a linebacker is very, very different. Now, do I think we should scrap everything and move to a four-man front? No, I don't. I don't. I do think you just, like you said, bring more in the box, you know, make them throw it over you and see what happens and live with the results. Honestly, why don't you do a rotating uh, formation with somebody like Krishan Merriweather, who's massive, and have him line up on the line now and then, and have him back off from the line now and then, and just cause that dynamic, like the confusion. I think something that good defenses do well is so confusion into offensive lines like you want to get sacks you need to confuse the way that they're picking up blocks you need to confuse their understanding of your defensive uh plays their formations like your tendencies if we are just rushing three and one linebacker comes up that's predictable that's okay we can put two guys on, you know, their best guy. We'll put, you know, you one on one, this other guy, one on one, this other guy, and then all of a sudden, you know, you got, you got that third, you got the, you got the open lineman to go pick up the linebacker. Like it's not, it's not enough, and it's proven to be not enough when, off, like, opponent quarterbacks are having too much time in the pocket and becoming the best quarterbacks of the year against Texas Tech because they have too much time. So. Uh, a lot there. I mean, there's certainly a lot there when we get into Kansas, uh, when we get into Lawrence. There's a lot of opportunity in my mind uh, to play well. Again, this is a very. This should be a very low risk game. You know, we can sit and dive into the X's and O's of Kansas football, but it's just going to make me way too optimistic. Um, like this is a game you can go out uh, and, and further put an L on Leopold's resume and give yourself that fifth win that puts you one 
one game closer to bowl, 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 uh, bowl eligibility. We can say something, Dylan. What, what if I told you I wasn't optimistic? Then I would, I, I would find that very believable. Because, Why are you not optimistic? Well, because the last two matchups against Kansas, last year we won 16 to 13. Pathetic. The year before, <laughs> I, I hate to bring it up, but we lost to Kansas the year before. So we talked about Matt Wells' history with teams. He's, yes. I mean, he's there it two, is. Yes, he is two and one against Kansas, but oh my goodness, by a razor thin margin. Um, so the 17 I, and a half, we're taking the under. I'm taking, sure. I'm taking the under, absolutely. <laughs> Not without a doubt in my mind. And let me tell you, we, we already <laughs> talked about how Jason Bean is a different beast, that Kansas hasn't had a Jason Bean. Texas Tech historically has struggled against mobile quarterbacks, Jason Bean. Lance Leopold, yeah. I believe, is one of the better coaches Kansas has hired in the last decade. So with all those things kind of factored in, I, I've been talking myself into being very worried about this football game. I think that's a really healthy thing for you to do, Dylan. At this point in the season, that's a very healthy. I'm proud of you, man. I think, (laughs) yeah, I've learned as being a Texas Tech fan and optimism is just a scary idea. Don't do it. It's a waste of your time. Just settle in and watch football for what it is. If if Um, I don't get my hopes up, I can't be disappointed. There's so much truth to that. There's so much truth. I've gotten wiser over the years as a Texas Tech fan. So psychologically healthy. I don't think you understand. Um, yeah. So uh, like Dylan said, though, I mean, if we're just archetype wise, Jason Bean is going to pose a problem. Historically, Kansas will pose a problem. Uh, we said it in the TCU preview. It's an opportunity for Matt Wells to write the ship to prove that he's a different guy than he was. He failed. Um, every week is a different week in football to do something uh, in a positive uh, to take that positive step. This weekend, it's a good weekend to go and blow out Kansas and prove that you can do that. And if he doesn't, well, then I think back to the original question, I think the seat continues to get hotter. And as people are watching other coaches uh, around kind of the soon-to-be carousel, um, there's a lot of appealing opportunity. Like, there's a lot of appealing options out there that people are really starting to, you know, lick their chops. Like, okay, I think we can go out and get this guy kind of thing. Um, and it's not any of the, it's not Bryles at all. So, it's not browse. Um, man, how do you want to, <laughs> I'm like, how do you close this? How do you close this out? How do you close out talking about Kansas? It's, it, do you want, do you want to see, uh, who do you want to see play? Well? <laughs> Everyone? <laughs> well, I think this is the opportunity for an Eric Izukama domination kind of game. Like okay. I want to see us force it to him. Like we did weeks one and two where it was just like, screw it, get him the ball at all costs. Um, I, I don't know what to expect if Taj Brooks is going to be back, but I also think, you know, Sir Roderick showed us last week that he's healthy. He's back. And uh, I also think it's a big opportunity for him. If Texas tech, and this is a large if for me, if Texas tech gets out of the gate early and gets a few scores on Kansas early and can just run the ball to victory. Because that's been how we've won games this year. Yeah, is We've absolutely. established the run, and in the second half, we run it down their throats until the clock's gone. That's the recipe for, I think, a lot of wins on our schedule. But more so this week, like Kansas, I said it, Kansas scares me. I, it's a weird feeling to have about a Kansas team. Kansas was in the game against Duke. They were up, what was it? Kansas was up 21 to 14 at half against Duke. They, they mm-hmm. fell apart in the second half, but they showed something. And uh, 
So I, that's why I think we really need a, a fast start, which historically, Matt Wells and Texas Tech, we don't do that. Uh, but Back if we can again. get a fast start and just kill the clock on the ground with Sir Roderick Thompson, it should be an easy win. But we, we don't like easy wins here at Texas Tech. No, we don't. We certainly don't. And we certainly love repeating the same keys to the game every week. If we just get out, if we just get out and have a strong start, if we run well, if we stop the run, then we'll win. Uh, and that, you know, it's uh, every week's a new adventure. So, um, yeah, this is a game that I hope that we see a lot more of Donovan Smith. I hope that we're up pretty well by halftime that we can come out and let Donovan Smith get like true snaps in as a quarterback. Um, just he's been kind of playing this dance behind center with you know coming in as a pretty much the wildcat quarterback even though he's a quarterback uh it just these awkward formations that you know just making it difficult to get a read on the offense so hoping that donovan smith steps in and gets that true qb snaps uh in the second half of this game but otherwise man i would hold i would not hold your breath on that one (laughs) I'm not going to. I, that's why I said hope, you know. But I would we, like <laughs> I, I, before before you get on to the next point. I would love to see Donovan Smith throw a pass out of that wildcat formation. I Ooh. know we're keeping it in our pocket. Kansas probably isn't the time to use it, but we've got to have that in our back pocket. Oh, absolutely. Just do it. Why not? Why not get the? Why not stop? Okay, I'm gonna go on once one half uh, uh, half of a soapbox here. I am continually frustrated at how conservative a coach Matt Wells is when it comes to dominating like Matt Wells equals with the slash in it domination like Matt Wells is not a dominating head coach he's a we'll get the win head coach if we can I think Texas Tech fans are thirsty for a dominating head coach like one that will risk it to get the biscuit and Matt Wells is just not that guy he's plain oatmeal and we want something a lot hotter um, let's finish it up here because there's really nothing else to say without just getting angry. Uh, <laughs> Dylan, this weekend, Kansas, Texas Tech, who wins, and uh, how close is it? <laughs> you know, I, I think this game is going to look a lot like the game last year uh, that ended in a 16-13 Texas Tech win. Unfortunately, I, I think we'll. I think both teams will score a little bit more than that, but. I, I'm picking Texas Tech with a lot of hesitance. Hesitancy is that a word? Hesitancy. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, spread at seventeen and a half under, without a doubt in my mind, under. Uh, mm. So that just shows you my my level of concern with Kansas football. I, can, I just can't believe the words are coming out of my mouth, but just with with Matt Wells's historic struggles against Kansas and all the other things I mentioned, I'm scared. It's spooky season. Yeah spooky season baby and it's concern on both ends right it's like kansas like having jason bean which is problematic for us and then texas tech having matt wells as a head coach who's continually proving us wrong in the worst ways um for me it's a i'm thinking like 28 21 texas tech win uh it feels like a good offensive game but more of a defensive struggle um please prove me please god prove me wrong <laughs> uh but hope like dylan and i are predicting the Texas Tech moves on to five and two, um, but for me especially, that's a week five and two, and it's still there's a lot of season left, and there's a lot of really good teams left on the schedule. So one more thing, because we said we'd talk about it and we didn't. Uh, if 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 Matt Wells loses this game, do do oh, we yes. do we buy him a ticket back to Utah? And does his comments about Lubbock factor in at all to that equation? He was asked on oh. he was asked on his radio show 
what he likes about Lubbock. And he basically just said, my family's here. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, uh, for me, that's Tuberville level response, right? Like he doesn't actually like Lubbock, <laughs> which um, oh, if you lose against Kansas, to me, that's it. Like you're done as a head. Like you're you're. That's the end of your tenure here as Mid- Texas head. Mid-season firing, or do we write it out? Uh, sorry, we write it out. But like for me, that's a. I don't care how the rest of the season looks. You start making you're calls. Done. Hey, Sonny, what, what are you doing you next, start, next season? Yeah. Hey, Sonny. Hey, UTS. Hey, guy. Hey, this. Hey, that. You start making the calls, and you get a plan lined up for after the season for sure. I mean, yeah. Why? <laughs> I'm not a big, I'm not a big, I'm not a big fire midseason guy because then you just have to elevate somebody else, and I don't have any confidence in our coaching staff to have head coaching ability, even for the rest of the season because we have a lot of really big games coming up. Uh, yeah, it's just it's too sticky, and let's not let's not get sad already. We, we the football game hasn't happened. So, uh, D- Dylan, anything else you want to say to the people before we sign off? I have something to say to one people. Um, his name is Terrence Steele. Last year, if you listen to this podcast last year, we, and my, me, myself, because I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, I crapped all over Terrence Steele. He was awful for the Dallas Cowboys last year. This year, he has been a pleasant surprise. He has started almost every game at either tackle spot, mostly because of injuries, but he has held his own. I saw him take on Joey Bosa. Joey Bosa, or was it Nick Bosa? The one for the Chargers. Um, And he handled them well. And so, uh, Terrence Steele, I'm sorry. You have surprised us all, and way to go, guy. Tyron Smith is going to be out for... He he showed up on an injury report for the Cowboys this week, so that means more Terrence Steele, and I'm here for it. Yeah, Terrence Steele, man, working his butt off, representing Texas Tech well. Super cool to see. Obviously, super cool to see him prove us wrong. Uh, I think that his mom slid him a note telling him what we said. He's really uh, angry <laughs> about that. Said. Just started playing. I heard what you said, and now he's playing really well. Um, but that is it for us, guys. This is Kansas week. It's the bye week outside of the bye week. But please don't lose it <laughs> this weekend. Uh, we will be back to talk recap, to talk Big 12, and to start talking Texas Tech basketball Uh, because we are right around the corner. First game is on November 9th, Dylan. Man, we are are right there. It's what y'all all all wanted. It's what we made the podcast for. (laughs) Not really, but also really. Um, That's it. That's it for Dylan. That's it for me. Uh, This has been the Tortillas and Takes podcast. Stay wrecked, people.